audio. Welcome to Doc Talk, a weekly podcast featuring Monument Health physicians addressing medical topics. Tune into your health with Monument Health. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. My name is Mark Houston, and joining me today from Monument and Spearfish is audiologist Dr. Denise Bird. Thank yes. you very much for coming in, Dr. Bird, no and talking problem. with me. Thanks for having me. We can hear each other well, can't mm-hmm. we? I think. Yes, we well, can. I have headphones to amplify what you're saying. Don't worry, is, <laughs> I have a loud voice. You hear which me. Which is nice. It's perfect. Uh, now, you, uh, you've been, you've been, you said in spearfishing uh, for about 20 years. Yeah, I started in Deadwood 20 years ago, right oh, when okay. it merged into the regional health um, name, and then I've just been within the system for 20 years. In spearfish, it'll be 17 years. Well, and it kind of feels like, I mean, you're from Newcastle, yeah, Wyoming. This is my it's, home area. Right. It, the whole thing is for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. So, how did you, how did you end up here? Then? How did this, where did this whole path that started for you, um, how how did you end up here for almost 20 years? Well, this is my home area. Honestly, I did my master's at the time. Audiology was just a master's level degree. And then in 2002, it changed to an uh, audiology doctorate degree. Well, I graduated, I'm sorry, in 2007, it changed. So in 2002, when I graduated, I had to get a job (laughs) and I was married and my husband fell in love with the Black Hills. So we both said, let's see if we can make it. And we came here and the rest is history and we've fell in love with it and I've been very lucky to yeah. have the job I have and I love absolutely love it. That's so. that's great. Uh, and what we want to talk about for this podcast is something that is is kind of a, a, a hot topic that's mm-hmm. happening right now that is really, really interesting um, from the standpoint of something that you can now purchase over the counter. Mm-hmm. That I think a lot of people are like, oh, great, I can buy them, put them in, I'm off, I'm running, uh, I exactly. can, why is nothing really changed, so exactly. to speak, right? And that, of course, is over-the-counter hearing aids. Exactly. And hearing aids in general. Exactly. Um, before we get uh, too far down that path, what are kind of the, um, the, the most common causes of hearing loss in adults? So the most common cause of hearing loss is noise exposure. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, think of all the jobs we do, and we don't protect our ears, and the concerts we go to, and the motorcycles we ride. <laughs> and I mean, we're, we do lots of noisy things. So noise exposure really is the most common cause of hearing loss. Mm-hmm. But of course, there's a genetic component, and then there's an age component. Um, sometimes, you know, a, a fluky virus goes through your system, and you'll get a weird hearing loss. Um, people with diabetes are a little bit more likely to have hearing loss. People with heart health issues can also have a little more risk of developing hearing loss. So we're kind of keeping track of those health issues, excuse me, so that we, you know, when we take a history, we're kind of looking at everything. But in all honesty, protect your hearing. <laughs> so simple to put earplugs in. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's amazing that, I, well, I, I know why more people don't do it, because A, they think it looks stupid, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and B, they just don't want to take the time. And they think, yeah. well, I can hear when I'm done, mm-hmm. so how exactly. bad could it have been? Oh, it's a habit you have to get into. Right. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Something as simple as mowing your lawn or running a vacuum cleaner in a really tight, enclosed bathroom, all that ricocheting of sound, that's damaging levels. You do that for enough years, you're going to get some hearing loss. So put some earplugs in. And hearing is one of those uh, senses that we have that once the damage is done. You can't recover it. It's done. Yeah. There are a few um, 
instances of recovery. You'll damage, you go to a concert, your ears ring for a few days, and then what recovers, recovers. Sometimes you're just blessed with really good genetics and it recovers, but you do this enough times and it's like wearing a path through the grass. The more you walk on that grass, the more you beat it down, the more it's not going to grow back. That is the same thing that happens with our hair cells in our organ of hearing. The more you damage it with noise, the more you hit it with sound, the more the noise loss spreads and the more recovery doesn't happen. So then you start... I'm just not hearing like I should. Yeah. Um, speak up. You're mumbling. Right. Say that again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so now people are able to go into uh, their pharmacy and mm-hmm. say, you know what? I haven't been able to hear yeah. as well. These are over the counter. I can get them. I can pop them in. I can go. Exactly. But I have a feeling what you're going to tell I me, Dr. Bird, yeah. <laughs> is you are going to have a bit mm-hmm. of an, an opinion. Um, so let, let's hear it. Okay. So I think any... What we suggest is we always want to test your hearing because you don't know if you have a hearing loss that needs some type of surgical procedure. You might have a tumor and not know it. You might have fluid in your ears and not realize there's something going on. Sometimes we get bones that are really stiff in our ear and we need to surgically correct that. But we always want you to test your hearing so we can verify what type of hearing loss that is. And then After we test your hearing, we're going to sit down with you, we're going to explain the results, and then we're going to consult with you about what the next step is. If we suggest hearing aids and you have a mild, barely moderate hearing loss, then you might be a candidate for over-the-counter hearing aids. What a uh, typical candidate for an over-the-counter hearing aid is, is someone who's just starting to notice they're not hearing like they should. Maybe they go into a noisy environment like a restaurant or a meeting and they just start to struggle to hear that clarity of speech. This is not the person that everywhere struggles to hear. This is the person that occasionally struggles to hear. And that's your kind of classic candidate for hearing loss that would be appropriate for an over-the-counter. But then I'm going to counsel that patient about, you know, make sure if you're going to buy an over-the-counter hearing aid, you get something you can return. Make sure that you understand how it is fit because I cannot help you with those over-the-counter hearing aids. They are all on your own. They're self-fit. So you have to be savvy with your technology. (laughs) If you do not function with your smartphone, you're probably going to be very frustrated with these over-the-counter hearing aids. Because are they all all Bluetooth? uh, Is that pretty much the technology that's with? Even the ones that that you would uh, prescribe are the same ways? So an over-the-counter hearing aid is is a very um, simplified version of a a prescribed hearing aid. I mean, I say prescribed, it's not like we prescribe this hearing aid exactly, but it's more something that an audiologist would recommend based on your hearing loss. So can you, um, really quick, or or maybe Mm -hmm. not, I'm not sure, can you can you kind of uh, define the difference between over-the-counter and, like, the prescription brand Mm -hmm. types? I mean, Over-the-counter is going to be anything that you can buy anywhere. Right. But I can't help you with them. Okay. So they're... They're simplified. They are gonna. You're gonna want now. You can buy a two hundred dollar version, and you can buy an eight hundred, a thousand dollar version. You get what you pay for. So keep that in mind. And that's with anything in consumerism. You get what you pay for. So if you buy something that is gonna help you reduce noise reduction, that's gonna be a nice little perk. If you buy something that also can adjust different frequencies or lows, mids, and highs, that's gonna give you some more flexibility. But if you buy something and it's just turn on, turn off, that's going to be a very basic, 
volume up, volume down, and you're probably not going to be real happy with that. So make sure you can return these if you <laughs> buy them. What an audiologist is going to do is decide what hearing aid fits best in your lifestyle. We determine what fits best based on how noisy you are, are in your lifestyle. So if you're a quiet at-home person, there's no need to buy bells and whistles that will not activate. So a lower end to a higher end hearing aid, we help you determine which level is best, and then we set it up based on your hearing loss. What an audiologist also does is slowly graduate you up to your targets and allow your brain to adapt to this new sound. You're not used to this sound. If you have some hearing loss, this is a tinny, sharp world that we live in that you haven't remembered that it was that tinny right. and sharp. So we slowly adapt a patient up. We then verify with real ear measurements. I put little microphones in my patient's ears, and I measure that these hearing aids are actually working the way they say they're working. That's the service you get from an audiologist, okay. and you should get. Right. If you have hearing aids and you've never had verification, we don't know what's happening in that ear because your ear shape will change the sound quality. And we don't know if you're getting peaks and valleys someplace that's just in the clarity range that if we could just modify it, it's perfect for you. So you get a, a much more um, unique fit and verified that it is fitting properly. But you also get services through an audiologist yeah. where we allow you to come in. We'll clean and check the hearing aids. We'll fix a repair in the office. We'll... We'll just be there to help you along that process. And that's why sometimes hearing aids are priced the way they are, because they are a bundled fit model. Mm -hmm. So you get all these services in just kind of a one lump sum. Right. You made uh, something uh, kind of an interesting point about people being surprised when that hearing comes back, that clarity comes back from mm -hmm. the hearing aids. I think, well, how... How do you know when your hearing is is mm -hmm. is going? Because sometimes it seems it can be mm -hmm. so gradual that you think, well, I, I can mm -hmm. I can hear just fine. Right. And now when you say that, I'm thinking, oh, yeah. man, do I need to go in and get a test? Because I wonder what I'm missing mm -hmm. when when you say that those sounds are out there and available. Yeah. But how how do you really start to know yeah. maybe when they should give you a call? The most common response from a patient or the most common comment is, I hear you. I just don't understand you. Say that oh. again. You are mumbling. Really? I need to see your face to understand <laughs> what you're saying. So if you go into a noisy environment and you're just like, forget it. I don't want to do this. I can't understand what's being said anyway. I'm going to leave. Now that's affecting your quality of life. Yeah. You're definitely a candidate. So we always want patients to just kind of look at what they do, how they function in those difficult to listen environments, meetings, going out to eat, coffee talk after church. I'm going to coffee talk to McDonald's in the morning. I mean, there are so many environments we get such good social interaction with, but then we stop doing them because we we just don't feel like we are are gaining anything from it because right. we're not hearing what we should. And before you came in, I was looking up uh, some some facts and some interesting things about about what you do and about hearing aids and hearing loss. And one thing that really stood out to me mm -hmm. was this relationship between hearing loss and cognitive decline. Mm -hmm. That, and then when we were talking out in the hall here before we started, uh, you, you threw out some stuff that really kind of shocked me with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, a third, uh, hearing loss is the third most chronic physical problem as we age. Okay. 70% of people who need hearing aids don't get hearing aids. 
How much? 70%, 70%? of people who need it. So these are people wow. with hearing loss that need it. They don't get it. And, you know, there's a lot of things out there where people are just, you know, it's expensive. Well, we always try to have some kind of payment plan. So people will, we will work with our patients. Mm-hmm. And, and you just sometimes have to find that person that's going to work with you. Um, but, yeah, this is a big hot topic as well is the cognitive decline versus hearing loss. Is it just hearing loss or is it truly cognitive decline? So what we want people to understand is if you're questioning your cognitive abilities, we want to do a hearing test because hearing loss mimics some of those classic dementia symptoms. Um, And I'm going to just read something because it says it so nicely. Yes, please. (laughs) Um, Untreated or under-treated hearing loss, so someone who has a hearing aid that's not loud enough, not appropriately fit, this is associated with cognitive decline, social isolation, anxiety, depression, and can dramatically impact quality of life. So hearing loss is like the flip of the dementia symptoms. So if someone is socially isolating, that increases your risk of dementia. If someone has hearing loss, it can cause anxiety, it can cause depression, it affects their Mm -hmm. quality of life. So my job is to improve the quality of life. Those hearing aids are a little piece of the puzzle. I'm here to educate. I'm here to help that person live a better quality of life. But if we are questioning cognitive ability at all, we want a hearing test because let's determine, is it just hearing loss? Can we give them a better sound quality so they are able to follow that conversation that they haven't been following and someone just thinks, well, they're just not with it anymore? Right. So what do you say to people? Uh, and I'll, 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 use my, I'll use my dad as an example. <laughs> I know my mom listens to the podcast. I don't know if my dad does. Um, but his whole issue was just being somebody that, you know, uh, never wanted to believe that there was uh, anything, you know, happening to him physically. Mm -hmm. And when he finally realized he couldn't hear as well and Mm -hmm. and probably hearing aids were next. What do you tell these people that that that, that's a fear of theirs of of like, well, well, you know, now 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 it just tells me I'm old because I have a hearing aid. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of that if I get a hearing aid, I have to admit that I'm aging. Yeah. But I will honestly tell you, because the baby boomers are turning 65, Mm -hmm. hearing aids are not quite so stigmatized as they used to be because my baby boomers know about technology and they realize these little guys are technology. So when I, you know, when I have a conversation with patients like that, I'm just focusing on this is a quality of life. We're here to help. You can try them. You can always turn them in if you really don't like them, but I'm here to help, help, help. That's the key word. And then, of course, they have to kind of jump over that pride. They have to admit, yes, this is happening. And then they have to accept that they can get help and then then they'll be ready. But until they're ready... They're right. not going to like hearing aids. Now, hearing aids have changed significantly. Well, I was going to say, they're not those giant over-clip-over-the-ear no. oh, no. things that, that look no. like headphones. Yeah. <laughs> so the most common type of hearing aid is the over-the-ear style, but mm-hmm. it's got a very slim tube that comes down, hides behind the top of the ear. These are actually the most discreet type of hearing aid, but no one thinks they are because they think in-the-ear hearing aids are best. Right. But the problem with in-the-ear hearing aids sometimes is that they just trap your voice in your head and you just talk in an echo all day long. So if we can take that piece out of the ear, put it up over the ear with a little earbud that goes in the ear, it's so much more comfortable. 
My patients before who always had in-the-ear hearing aids will never go back to the in-the-ear because the comfort is there. Yeah. But people don't believe me until they wear them. <laughs> when they wear those well, we're, hearing we're aids. We're going to make them believe you right now, okay? <laughs> when they wear the over-the-ear hearing aids, they are more discreet. And they, they, it takes weeks for their families to even realize they have hearing aids on their ears. But they're little computers on yeah. your ears. They're Bluetooth enabled, so we stream your phone call into your ears, and it is night and day how people hear their phone calls. Well, people could listen to music and stuff through oh, it too, couldn't they? Podcasts anything. and yes. this, like yes, this. You could listen exactly. to Doc Talk through it for sure. Yeah, and for those tech savvy patients, you, that's okay. You can be tech savvy. Right. There's an app with every <laughs> single hearing aid company out there. I don't mind sharing the app, but I also want to make sure I'm fitting those patients appropriately, yeah. making sure they meet their targets. And sometimes with hearing loss comes sensitivity to sound, and patients really struggle to, mm -hmm. to accept the sound. So it's a slower process. But again, that's my job to educate them, yeah. counsel them, get them to where we want them to be. It's, it, it's amazing when you think about being a kid mm -hmm. and having that crystal clear hearing, oh, yeah. how as you age and, and okay. as that kind of goes away, I, I don't know, I guess for me personally, if I ever get there, which I'm sure I do because I've been in a business where I've worn headphones since I've been mm -hmm. 16 years old. So I oh, know yeah. there's some sort of hearing loss in there. But when I finally do come to that day, I, I'm kind of excited for it, mm -hmm. maybe, because mm -hmm. I want to hear like I used oh, to yeah. back then. I mean, you've got to think how technology changes with just our phones. Yeah. Hearing aid technology is the same type of changes. Every two years, something new comes out, which, of course, we don't change hearing aids every two years. Our guideline is like five sure. to seven years, as long as they're fit properly. Um, but technology is on the nano technology. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insanely so do micronized. You, do you and see that even smart. getting even getting? Uh, I mean, into the future now. What what do what do you what could be the next steps for these? Do you guys see some well, some cool stuff coming down? You know, there this newer generation of hearing aids are all going to be like um, they're going to be tracking your activity level. They're going to start to maybe even use. Um, some type of infrared or uh, I can't remember exactly to, mm -hmm. to test for diabetic levels oh my in the goodness. eardrum. Um, they'll, they're going to be more wearables where they're, they're tracking your health yeah. and they know if you've fallen and you didn't get back up. So that kind of technology is now in hearing aids. Not every company is using it, but it's going to be kind of the norm down the road. It knows if it's if you're active, it knows how many steps you've taken. <laughs> but it's also tracking have you challenged your brain yeah. to hear? Have you been in a conversation in noise? Have you been in noise? So the patients who really struggle with background noise, but yet they never go into background noise, well of course you're not gonna like background noise because you never challenge your ears. Right. So it's tracking that stuff now and we can kind of pull up the data log and we say, look this is really, really quiet world you live in. So we're going to try some things to get you a little bit more active, which can get a patient up out of their chair and a little exactly. bit more active and more social. Somehow, Dr. Bird, we just made hearing aids cool mm -hmm. on this podcast. There, I think we, we really just changed the world right yeah. here. They're cooler than you think. <laughs> I think they are. I mean, I, I, I've loved having this conversation, and I think it does. Uh, you know, people really need to think about mm -hmm. going back to the, kind of the point of this, those over-the-counter um, um, hearing aids, is just just see an audiologist mm -hmm. first, yeah. you know. and Because yeah. we'll you, guide them exactly. from that point on. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and if you say yes, that will mm -hmm. be totally fine for you, exactly. then go get them, right? Exactly. Because we don't want to look over a red flag. We don't want to get a patient who has an over-the-counter hearing aid and not treat something that was treatable 
And, of course, they're only for adults. So right. we never, ever want parents putting them on their children because that absolutely is not appropriate for a kid. Exactly. Well, so. Dr. Bird, thank you very much for coming You're in welcome. and talking about this. Uh, she's an audiologist uh, from Monument and Spearfish. Dr. Denise Bird, thank you very much. And uh, I'm, I'm going to probably make an appointment. Yep. Soon. Please do. <laughs> Thanks for talking with us. <laughs> Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Home Slice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquis, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.